This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. Hello, my name is Trey Johnson and welcome to Being Your Best with Trey Johnson. We're so glad that you tuned in today. We thought we'd switch it up a little bit and come outside, enjoy the beautiful weather. And, and I just want to encourage you as we get into God's Word today to have eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that is ready to hear the voice of God. You know, over the past several weeks, I've just been hearing in my spirit, man, how God wants to continually restore His people. Now you think about continual restoration. Continual means frequently recurring. It means always happening. It means no interruption. Thank you that God wants to show up in our life where there's no interruptions. When you think about the word restore, it means to bring back to the original condition. For example, if my Bible was on the table and then it dropped down on the ground and I picked it up, I would set it back to where it originally was, which is on the table. But when God gets involved, he always multiplies it, He increases it, He improves it, He makes it better. And that's what He's doing in our life. That's what happened whenever you and I accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, that God is involved in our life. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at in life, God is saying, I want to continually restore every area of your life, your marriage, your finances, your physical body, your business, your dream, your purpose. With God, all things are possible when you and I believe continual restoration. I want that to get so big on the inside of you that even while you're sleeping, you're thinking about continual restoration. When you get up to go to the restroom, you're thinking continual restoration. When your eyes pop open in the morning, you're thinking continual restoration is mine. Because in order for it to become a reality, we've got to settle. This is God's will for my life. Continual restoration, always happening, no interruption, God improving our life, bringing it back to original, but then getting involved to the point it's better, it's multiplied, it's increased. How good does that sound in our life? So let's identify the things that have been stolen in our life. Know that that's not from God. John 10, 10, I want to read this to you in the Amplified. It says, the thief comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. I know when you stop on the inside of you, you want more in your life. You know why you want more? Because there is more. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. The thief is the one who steals, kills, and destroys. So I encourage you to draw a line and put stealing, killing, destroying as the identification. The enemy is behind that. Life and life more abundantly, that's the goodness of God. That's, that's the life of God in you and I. That's God's plan. He wants us to experience life and life more abundantly. Continual restoration in every area of our life. Remember, no matter where you're at, God can reach down, His Spirit doing a work in us, on us, through us, and pull us right up to fulfill everything He's called and created us to be. Restoration. Bring back to the original purpose. Bring back, but then multiply, improve, make it better. I'm going to say that over and over and over because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And this is what God's heart is expressing to you and I. Continual restoration is ours. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 30 and 31 in the Amplified Classic. Listen to this. It says, Men do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he's hungry. In other words, you know, if he steals and, and you realize, okay, he's hungry and everything, no big deal. But if he is found out, he must restore. 
seven times what he stole. He must give the whole substance of his house, if necessary, to meet his fine. So it is the enemy that is the thief. It is the enemy that is stole financially, physically, relationally, emotionally in your life. Realize it's the thief. And he's been found out. And when he's found out, he has to restore seven times, even if it cost him his whole house to repay, whatever it takes to restore to your life. In Job chapter 42, verse 10, it says that God restored Job's life twice as much whenever he prayed for his friends. There's scripture after scripture, and we'll get into some of these, talking about God wanting to continually restore. Not just one day, not just one time. He wants it to be frequently recurring, always happening, no interruption. He wants to improve, multiply, make our life better. That is the good God that we serve. Listen to this, just because all of us are at different places, all of us are going through different things, but we've got to settle that we serve a God that is on our side. We serve the creator of heaven and earth. We serve the all-sufficient God. We serve the God that his word never returns void. His power never stops. His goodness never stops. No matter what we're going through, God is always on our side. Jeremiah 32, verse 27 in the New King James Version. It says, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? I hope you're saying that to yourself. Is there anything too hard for my God? And of course, the answer is no. Genesis 18, verse 14, and this is where the angels are visiting with Abraham and, and they tell him that, you know, Sarah, your wife, she's going to have a child at this time. And Sarah laughs. And, and then this is the response. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Maybe you're dealing with a physical symptom in your body or a bad doctor's report, or maybe it's cancer or diabetes, or maybe it's a, a divorce or whatever it may be. Is anything too hard for our God? Now always remember restoration starts on the inside before we ever see it on the outside. We've got to start seeing ourselves, And if you have to close your eyes to see from in here, remember we look through our eyeballs, but we see from our heart. And this is where the Spirit of God talks to us is in our, our heart, our core, the center of our being. And he's saying, I want you to see continual restoration on the inside. What does it look like physically, financially, relationally, emotionally? Continual restoration is ours. Continual restoration is ours. I want you to think about just the goodness of God, that it's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. It's the goodness of God that manifests His presence. It's the goodness of God that's talking to you and I right now saying, I want to continually restore your life. You still have a purpose. There's still a plan for your life. God is still good. No matter what the devil has stole, God wants to continually restore. Is anything too hard for our God, get that settled on the inside of you. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. Remember when the angel shows up to, to Mary and says that she's going to give birth to Jesus. It says the power of the Spirit is going to overshadow her and the power of the Most High is going to come upon her. She's going to receive the, the sinless Son of God, the pure Son of God, the power of the Word of God. And she says, Lord, let it be done to me according to your word. And the angel tells her, because she says, I haven't been with a man, how can this be? And he says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. With God, nothing will be 
impossible. Luke 18, verse 27, he said, these things which are impossible with men are possible with God. And this is where, you know, the, the guy comes to Jesus and has all this money and he says, you know, I've kept all the commandments from my youth. And he says, how does a man, you know, experience eternal life? And Jesus tells him, okay, you've done all that type of stuff. Go and sell what you have, give to the poor. And the guy turns away sad and the disciples and Jesus says, you know, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into the kingdom of God. And the disciples say, well, Jesus, then how can we be saved? We've left everything to follow you. And then Jesus says, it's, it's when a person trusts in their money more than they trust in God. It's when they trust in their gift more than they trust in God. Of course, I'm Johnson paraphrasing it here. When they trust in their, 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 their family, they trust in whatever it is in the natural more than God. And, and they says, well, how can we be saved? Because we've left everything. And Jesus says, these things which are impossible with men are possible with God. See, it takes a trust in God for us to be recreated on the inside. It takes a trust in God to know that He's that good, that He wants to continually restore every area of our life, not just a little bit of our life. He's not just wanting to know that you and I are going to spend eternity with Him. That's very important to Him, and it's the most important thing, but He wants us to live in His will on earth just like it is in heaven. He doesn't want us to focus on just getting to heaven he tells us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, just like it is in heaven. And part of his will is continual restoration. Listen at Isaiah 61, verse 3, and it says, To grant the consolation, this is, he's prophesying about Jesus and what Jesus does in you and I whenever he shows up upon the earth. But listen, listen to what he says. He says, To grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. And Zion simply means the presence of God. So he's talking about, okay, you're coming into the presence of God and maybe you're at a place of mourning. Maybe you're at a place of disappointment. Maybe you're at a place of discouragement. Maybe life hasn't turned out the way that you thought it should turn out. And he says to give them an ornament, a garland, or a diadem of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning. I want you to notice the trade-off. When we come into the presence of God, you know, God wants us to trade our pain, our suffering. Jesus already took that, but it takes us releasing it to Him. And He says, there's something I want to give you as you give me your hurt and your pain and your disappointment and your past. He says, I want there to be an exchange. And He says, to give them an ornament of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment expressive of praise instead of a burdened and failing spirit that you may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and right standing with God. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. What is he saying? He's saying, I I'm wanting to turn some things around. Instead of mourning, I want there to be dancing. Instead of a heavy, failing, burdened spirit. And I want you to think about that. That's a powerful mouthful of words right there. Have you ever felt like you're just a, a failure? Have you ever felt like there's just a heaviness on you, a burden on you, that no matter where you look, it's like one, you know, blast of hell after the other? <laughs> he says, when you come in 
to my presence. I want you to release that heaviness to me. And I want you to just begin to praise me. I want you to put on this garment of praise and, and remember how good I am. Father, I praise you that you've forgiven me of all my sins. I praise you that your spirit is in me and on me. I praise you that what you have for me is better in the future than what I've gone through at the past. And Father, I praise you. I realize that it is the thief that steals, kills, and destroys. And I praise you that Jesus came to give me life and life more abundantly. Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm telling morning, you get out of here. I'm telling heaviness, you get out of here. I'm, I'm telling sickness and disease, you get out of here. I'm letting you know, devil, your time is up and I'm done with you controlling my life. I'm taking the exchange. I'm going to take the oil of joy, which the joy of the Lord is our strength. I'm going to put on the garment of praise. I'm going to have beauty instead of ashes. I'm, I'm going to trust you, Lord. In other words, there's a shift. There's an exchange. There's something that God does in us. Remember, no matter where you're at, God wants you and I to make the exchange with him. Jesus has already taken anything that steals, kills, and destroys every suffering, hurt, and pain upon his body and released to us his goodness, his righteousness, his mercy, his grace. That's for you. That's for me, no matter where we're at. And he's saying continual restoration is yours, always happening, no interruptions, frequently recurring, making your life better, improving it, multiplying it. That's the goodness of our Heavenly Father. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 8, verse 29 in the message translation. It says, seeing Jesus, the madman screamed out. This is the madman of Gadara. Jesus and the disciples had, you know, gone through the storm. They get to the other side. The madman of Gadara meets them there. Seeing Jesus, the madman screamed out. What business do you have giving us a hard time? You're the son of God. You weren't supposed to show up here yet. Notice those, those, that word. You weren't supposed to show up here yet. Maybe there's been a difficult part of your life and it seems like you've been turning circles and you haven't been able to get out of it. But when you, when you put your foot down and you let the enemy know, today is a turning day for me. God is saying that he wants me to walk in continual restoration and the enemy shows back up and he's wanting you to, to take these thoughts and just to mull over how bad your life is and how tough it's been and how hurtful it has been. You weren't supposed to show up here yet. That when the enemy shows back up, you're a new person. And he says, you, you weren't supposed to show up here yet. You weren't supposed to make the exchange and be joyful. You weren't supposed to put off the oppression and the heavy burden, failing spirit and have this garment. Of you weren't supposed to show up here yet. When the enemy visits your home again and you, you, he knocks on the door and you open it up and you come, just open it up with the word of God. I'm a child of God. I'm more than a conqueror. I am the righteousness of God. I am forgiven. I'm healed. I'm blessed. I'm favored by God. Let him, and he's going to just do the same thing. You weren't supposed to show up here yet. We've got to let the enemy know that he's defeated. We've got to remind him that Jesus already defeated him in our life and make a decision. I'm going to walk in continual restoration. Continual restoration is ours. Continual. Always happening. No interruptions. Frequently recurring. Restoration to bring it back to the original, then multiply it, improve it, make it better, increase it. That's what God wants for you and I. Listen to this scripture in Mark chapter 1 verse 27 it says everyone there was incredulous and buzzing with curiosity what's going on here a new teaching that does what it says he shoves up defiling demonic spirits and sends them packing <laughs> notice that he shuts up defiling demonic spirits and send them packing it's time for you and I to send the devil packing 
It's time for us to make a decision. Lack, I'm sending you packing. Oppression, I'm sending you packing. Guilt and condemnation, I'm sending you packing. Anything that is of the curse, I'm sending you packing. God gave you and I dominion and authority over the enemy, but we've got to use that authority and you use that authority by believing in your heart, declaring with your mouth, being a doer of God's word. James chapter 4, verse 7 and 8 in the message translation, it said, So let God work His will in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and watch him scamper. Say a quiet yes to God and He'll be there in no time. Quit dabbling in sin. Purify your inner life. Quit playing the field. Notice what he says. Let God's will work in you. Yell a loud no to the devil and He'll scamper. And a quiet yes to God and he'll be there in no time. When is the last time that you've submitted yourself to God and his word and his ways? You know, part of submission means I'm coming underneath what you say in your word, Lord, and I know that what you say is right and it's true. And you're telling me to send the devil packing, so I'm gonna send him packing. You're telling me to make the exchange instead of being in mourning, to be joyful. Instead of being a heavy, faily, burdened spirit, have a garment of praise. Instead of ashes, to put on that garland, that headdress of, of beauty. Send the devil packing. Don't let him continue to destroy your life. Remember, when the thief has been found out, he must restore seven times everything that he stole. And God is saying, I want you to walk in continual restoration. Let's keep going. Um, in 1 Samuel chapter 30, you can look over there. But on your way over there, I just want to read this because I'm just believing that, that life is stirring on the inside of you, that a hunger, a determination is stirring on the inside of you, that I'm not going to let the enemy steal from me anymore. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12, it says, And from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault, and violent men seize it by force as a precious prize, and share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. He's talking about you and I. He's talking about you and I having some fight, not against people. See, we want to we wanna be kind to people, but we want to be aggressive against the devil. But most of the time, people are too polite to the devil. Most of the time, people are aggressive towards people and too polite to the devil. No, we should be aggressive towards the enemy and let him know, I have an inheritance as a child of God, and I'm going to be everything I'm called and created to be. I'm going to go everywhere I'm called and created to go. I'm going to do everything I'm called and created to do, all for the glory of God. And I'm going to be violent about it and I'm going to be aggressive about it. Devil, get your hands off the land, the buildings, my family, the resources. God is continually restoring my life for me to be a blessing to people, but then be kind to people. Remember, aggressive towards the enemy, kind towards people. 1 Samuel chapter 30. What you have here is you have David. He had been doing what God had called and told him to do and him and his men were out and they were kicking tail and taking names. Of course, that's Johnson paraphrase. And I want to read this to you because it's a very powerful story because we can all relate. And they come back and in verse 3 it says that David and his men came to the town and behold it was burned and their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. Then David and the men with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more strength to weep. David's two wives also had been taken captive. Um, 
Ahanom, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, I'm sure I butchered that name, but just bear with me here, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, and David was greatly distressed, for the men spoke of stoning him, because of the souls of them all were bitterly grieved, each man for his sons and daughters, but David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. You know, there are times when maybe you've gone through destruction that you've got to make a decision. There are times when people are coming against you. There are times when people are lying about you. There are times when there's difficulty in your family or finances or your physical body. And we've got to take the initiative to get into the presence of the Lord. Notice all, everybody was against David. The enemy had wiped him out. But he didn't just blow up. He, he went and he encouraged himself in the Lord. That's the first step for you and I walking in continual restoration is realizing it's God's will for me to walk in continual restoration and encouraging ourselves with the Word of God, encouraging ourselves with the presence of God. Go back and remember the times that God has set you free, the times that God has always shown up for you, the times that God has protected your life, and He will do it again. He's no respecter of person, but He is a respecter of faith. If we want to get the results that are in the Bible, then we've got to do what they did in the Bible and David encouraged himself in the Lord and let's keep going in verse 7 and David said to Abathar the priest Ahimelech's son I pray you bring me the ephod and Abathar brought him the ephod the second thing here and David inquired of the Lord saying shall I pursue this troop shall I overtake them and the Lord answered him pursue for you shall surely overtake them and without fail recover all and David went so notice he he come into the presence of God and he started to encourage himself that God he started remembering that okay I was out tending the sheep and and the the lion came and I defeated the lion and I defeated Goliath and I defeated the bear and he encouraged himself Lord and he asked him Lord what do you want me to do here you know it's important that you and I ask God what he wants us to do and a lot of times he tells us exactly what he wants us to do in his word and by his spirit he always wants to tell us what to do and David asked Lord do you want me to pursue and and, and the Lord spoke up and says I want you to pursue I want you to, to overtake I want you to recover all and David went he was obedient with what God told him to do and in verse 18 and David recovered all the Amalekites had taken and rescued his wives nothing was meant than small or great sons or daughters spoil or anything that had been taken David recovered all also David captured all the flocks and herds which the enemy had and the people drove those in animals before him and said this is David's spoil so not only did he get back what was his he also took what the enemy had taken what was theirs and it it multiplied it increased their life was better they walked in continual restoration. Now you think about this. God isn't wanting it just to be an event here or event there or a little dab here or a little sprinkle here. He's wanting us to walk in continual restoration, frequently recurring, always happening, no interruptions, restoring, bringing us back to our original purpose and place and relationship. But then he wants to multiply and improve and increase and, and make our life better. I want to encourage you today, no matter where you're at, to make a decision I'm going to put the enemy in his place and I'm going to let him know you no longer control my life. You no longer own me. I've been delivered from the power of darkness, brought into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to walk in continual restoration because this is what God is saying to me. Continual restoration is mine. 
say that with me, continual restoration is mine and, and start encouraging yourself in the presence of the Lord and see what the next steps that God wants you to do. But I want to encourage you, start renewing your mind to this truth. Start seeing it on the inside, your, your, your life being restored physically, financially, relationally, and every area of life. Continual restoration is yours. You know, God wants a relationship with you and I, no matter where we're at or no matter where we've gone come from or gone through, God wants to restore our life. God wants to take whatever area we'll give him. That's one thing I've learned about God over the years that I've walked with him now is, is that if, if I'll just say yes, remember he said, say a quiet yes to God and God will be there in no time. Every time I say yes, God will take the little, kind of like the boy with the, 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 the loaf of bread and the fish, and he just brought the little that he had, and God took it and he multiplied it, and, and it fed 20,000 people. Think about what God could do with your life. If you'll just say, yes, God, take my mind. Yes, God, take my heart. Yes, take my, my gifts, my talents. Father, I want to walk in continual restoration. God's reaching out to you right now. God wants a relationship with you right now. I don't care if you're strung out. I don't care if you're, you know, you're committing fornication, adultery, whatever you're doing. Maybe you're snorting something up your nose right now. God's reaching out to you and he's saying, right in the middle of your mess, I want you. I believe in you. I have a plan for you and I want to continually restore every area of your, your life. Now listen to me. If you don't know where you're going to spend eternity, I want you to settle that right now. If you were to die right now, do you know that you'll spend forever with God? Or if you were to die, you would go straight to hell. God doesn't want you to go to hell. He didn't create hell for people. He created hell for Satan and his fallen angels. But when a person doesn't accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, that's where they're choosing to go. God isn't doing that to you. He gives us a choice. Right now, God's giving you a choice. And he, he's asking you will, you, will you believe in your heart? that God raised Jesus from the dead. Will you declare with your mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. And the Bible says when you do that, you receive eternal life and you can be certain that you'll spend eternity with God. So would you pray this simple prayer with me right where you're at? Would you just say, Father God, today is the day that I make the decision to believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead to give me life and right now, I accept that life. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to be my Lord, to be my Savior. And according to God's word, I'm now saved, I'm cleansed, I'm forgiven, and I can be certain that I'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, we want you to, to contact us. Go to the website, TreyJohnsonMinistries.com. Give our office a call. We want to we wanna send a magazine to you. We want to connect with you. We want to help you know God and be the best you that you can be. That's why we do the podcast. That's why we do the TV shows. That's why I've written the books. That's why we do the teachings. That's why we do the personal growth stuff. Hey, we want to add value to your life. So remember, God wants you to walk in continual restoration. My name's Trey Johnson, and I look forward to seeing you again next time.